Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, let's get this out of the way off the top. Denver is just odd. The Rockies mascot is a big purple dinosaur. The fourth inning race is between a toothbrush, a tooth, and some floss. Cannabis is for sale legally at about every other corner. And games at Coors Field usually end with volleyball scores instead of baseball scores. All that stated, Tuesday was a really fun night in, as Will Ferrell said in Blades of Glory, Denver, the city by the bay. Three Red Sox home runs, three of them, including one from JBJ that almost broke StatCast. Rick Porcello pitched very well and some Rocky Mountain dirty water at the end. 10-6, the happy final. We recap right about mm, now. series and here it was the Red Sox the best hitting team in baseball against the worst pitching team in baseball at a stadium that produces double digit run totals on a very regular basis. Josh Lewin with you. We'll get right to it. Rick Porcello has been better of late but he's still allowed the most runs in the American League though he has somehow gone 11 and 10 mid 5 ZRA notwithstanding. Colorado would be countering with a rookie Rocky thrown to the Wolves. Poor Rico Garcia. This just seemed completely cruel to do it to this guy. A 30th round pick from Hawaii, okay? And he's being asked to get up there initially against Mookie Betts, Rafi Devers, Andrew Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. Betts, reigning American League MVP, leading the major leagues in runs scored by 12. Rafael Devers leads the American League in extra base hits and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Xander Bogarts is second in extra base hits and has been hot of late. J.D. Martinez, last 31 games, a 392 batting average, OPS of about 1,220. That's the best in the major leagues, and that's a pretty good sample size. Oh, and then, if he gets past that, Mitch Moreland, who's seven for his last 13. So, almost on cue, there was a run scored right away off Uncle Rico. And yes, we, we, we quoted from Napoleon Dynamite on the broadcast because Joe Castig is away. It was just me and Will Fleming. There were no camp counselors here to make sure that the kids wouldn't misbehave. So we, we got a little bit out of control on the broadcast, I admit. And this is after going full hog on Anchorman in, in San Diego. We, we somehow got on Napoleon Dynamite on Tuesday. But uh, be that as it may, and we do hope you vote for Pedro, a one nothing lead thanks to J.D. with an RBI bloop into right. And that's the, the beauty of Coors Field. You don't have to hit it 480 feet because there's so much distance between where the infielders play and the outfielders play. Just loop a ball beyond one of those infielders. You might get a double. J.D. had an RBI single, his 84th RBI of the year. That set up Jackie Bradley Jr. And you want to talk about an ambush. First pitch, he just destroyed it. 
the longest home run hit by a Red Sox in the StatCast era, which I know has only been five years, but still, 478 feet, 31-degree launch angle. I mean, this thing looked like it was in a video game. Xander Bogarts would later hit a home run that was like the opposite. If you go on pure trajectory, the Jackie Bradley Jr. one looked like a, a St. Louis arch. Xander's looked like a plank. I mean, just a straight zipline line drive just whistled over the wall in center. His 28th, it was Jackie Bradley's 17th. Christian Vasquez also hit a home run, his 19th of the year. So he's hitting a home run every six games this season. Before the season, it was once every 29 games. All that damage done against poor Rico Garcia, the one-time 30th round draft pick. It was seven hits, six runs, five walks in his five innings. He only struck out two, although one was Mookie Betts to lead off the ball game, so he'll, he'll always have that. There was more carnage done later in the game by the Red Sox, but first let's talk about Rick Porcello. Yeah, he gave up three hits to Charlie Blackman. Blackman was due. He came in hitless in four consecutive games, first time since 2015 for him on something like that. Blackman, the guy that looks like he just washed ashore on a raft, and comes up to the Josie's on a vacation far away walk-up music. I, I like that one. Uh, sixth in the league in hitting, and you knew that was a matter of time that he'd break through. He went three for three. But Porcello struck out Trevor Story twice. He had Ryan McMahon's number, and he was at a shutout through four innings. Very impressive stuff. He did wobble in the fifth, and actually in what was a 6-2 to two game at the time, it was second and third for Daniel Murphy, who's always been very good with runners in scoring position, 5-for-10 lifetime with a home run against Porcello. But a good sinker, good old-fashioned sinker from Rick, got him to ground out. It stayed 6-2, to two, and that's where the Red Sox could kind of pile on after that to make it eight wins in their last 11 games. It was a sloppy top of the seventh inning, two errors in the inning, and the Red Sox took full advantage. So they actually went out 10-2 to two and then started giving it away. Josh Smith giving up a pair of home runs. Nolan Arenado got him in the ninth. Before that, Sam Hilliard in the eighth. Got to tell you the Sam Hilliard story here real quick because he was making his major league debut as well, starting in center field. And let's revisit that one because let's think about this. Of the nine players in the lineup, two of them were making their big league debuts for Colorado tonight, just the fourth time in franchise history that it happened. The Red Sox, we went back and looked at it. The last time two Red Sox both made starts in a major league debut. you got to go back to 1975. Andy Merchant was the catcher that day. Steve Dillard had come up from Pawtucket to play second, and he would actually hang around for a few years backing up Denny Doyle and Butch Hobson and guys like that. But that's a long time, right, to, to not, not have two guys make their same night major league debuts. That's what the Rockies had to do in this one. One of them we mentioned was Rico Garcia, but the other one was this interesting cat by the name of Sam Hilliard, as in what in the Sam Hilliard. And he had this adventure in the outfield all night. He slipped and fell a couple times. He basically sat on a ball at one point and got an error for that. It was like he was trying to hatch the baseball. But this is also a guy we found out whose mom was Miss Texas in 1984. One of the runners up to Vanessa Williams, who you may recall, got naked in Playboy and had to forfeit her uh, Miss America standing. So uh, I think it was Miss New Jersey moved up. And uh, anyway, his mom was in the running for all this as well. We thought that was the most interesting part of Sam Hilliard's night until he hit the two-run home run. But uh, Nolan Arenado's two-run home run was the man, or he was the man who made it a, a little bit wonky in that ninth inning. It started to sweat a little bit. 
You had to go get Josh Taylor to finish it off. And, you know, if you give up a two-run home run to Arenado, that's that's not the worst thing in the world because this guy does a lot of that. He's got 34 homers now. 102 RBI is only one fewer than Mr. Devers, who is in a bit of a funk right now. He's 0 for his last 14. Did walk a couple times in this game and scored twice, and he made a really nice play defensively. But Devers needs to get it right heading to Anaheim for that showdown with Mike Trout. See who's the top dog there. As for Nolan Arenado, in this galaxy of great third basemen right now, you put Devers in there, Arenado, Chapman, Bregman. And, you know, there's this second deck that's got Eduardo Escobar, who shares the National League lead in RBI. Anthony Rendon leads all third basemen in OPS. Eugenio Suarez leads in home runs. Chris Bryant was an all-star again. I mean, they're everywhere, these third basemen. We're not even talking about Gio Urshela or Jose Ramirez or Yoan Moncada, Evan Longoria, Justin Turner, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Devers stands near the top along with Nolan Arenado. It was fun to see them both on the field in this game. But of all people who also shined in this one, we need to give him some love, it's Brock Holt. And, and we'll get to a little post-game interview with Brock in a moment. He earned it because he had three hits and also walked. And he was out there rocking the wristbands of Dustin Pedroia in front of the actual Dustin Pedroia. He came back. And uh, actually, before we get to the Brock Holt post-game stuff, let's get to the Dustin Pedroia pre-game stuff. We hadn't seen Dustin Pedroia basically in months. He's in Colorado to go see the, the specialist in Vail. First things first, he stops off in Denver just to say hi to his teammates. Wasn't doing any baseball activities, but... You know, he's on crutches, he's got a scooter to get around and all that. It's a little weird, but here he was before the game. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I have two more weeks on crutches, so um, the surgery went real good, and, um, you know, I'm just kind of recovering right now. Is this surgery um, something you hope will allow you to play, or is it just for kind of quality of life? Um, I mean, we haven't really got that far. I mean, it was something that when they got in there, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I had some really big bone spurs that they had to take out um a lot of scar tissue and i had to do a scar revision and then a bioplasty where they're drilling into the bones to to um you know try to strengthen them and things like that so you know when i got back home um you know i i was hurting pretty good so you know i think once i stopped playing you know it kind of you know mentally you you kind of try to relax and then my knee just kind of was getting worse and worse so you know, we had to do something. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. And um, you know, the doctor said the surgery went great. So it's just a matter of giving it time and, and strengthening the areas that, you know, I haven't had a long period of time to do. So, you know, once I do that, you know, I'll, I'll know a lot more. What's the best part for you about being back around these guys? Um, it's great to see everybody. I mean, you know, I'm watching the games and, you know, texting and FaceTime and things like that, but it's not the same. Um, you know, just being being around them for a few days is is, is nice. Uh, just to talk to them, see what they're going through, and and things like that. So it's been fun. You said before that you really didn't want to have another surgery, so I guess it just got worse enough where you needed it. Yeah, it was tough, man. Um, you know, I mean, there was a couple of times. I mean, I threw batting practice with my kids, and then the next three days I was not moving. So um, you know, when you can't do things like that, it's pretty. It stinks. So um, we had to do something, and, and, you know, this was the next step. So, I mean, obviously going forward, you know, throughout my life, I'm going to have to have more surgeries to, 
you know, on this knee. But, you know, as of right now, hopefully this can, can bide me time for, for, you know, whatever it is that, that, you know, leads ahead. Justin, you're reading about the kind of surgery you had. They said it was something that they offered people instead of getting a knee replacement. Um, um, yeah, it was similar. I, I, like, it's different what I had than a, like a subchondroplasty. They use, that's like cement. Yeah. Um, like the bioplasty I had, they inject like, um, PRP and, and like a bone matrix kind of thing. It's not, it doesn't harden. So that's why I'm non-weight bearing for five weeks and, and I have to be off it. Um, so it can heal. The other procedure is like you're two weeks and it, you know, it hardens right away. But, um, so that could burn a bridge to a knee replacement, which eventually I'm going to have to have. Um, so at, at this point, I mean, I'm still young. I can't, you know, I didn't, you know, it wasn't recommended to do that. Dustin Pedroia cutting up in the clubhouse before the game. I mean, we just had his teammates in stitches. It was really nice to see that again, just telling stories and all of that. And not too many of them, even for a podcast, are really fit for repeating. I, I don't want to eavesdrop on him anyway and tell these stories out of school. I might ask him some other time on a different podcast. But, you know, Pedroia returning to Colorado where he had the breakout three home run game back in 07. This was the same ballpark where they once wouldn't let him in because they didn't believe he was a ball player, too short and too young looking. But all good things to Dustin Pedroia as he just tries to, to find himself some comfort now. And, uh, you know, he's not going to play again this year. Who knows if he'll ever play again. But certainly on the mind of his teammate Brock Holt throughout the evening. And uh, we did talk to Brock after the game, that 10-6 to win for the Red Sox. In Denver, you figured it was going to be a high-scoring affair because... Denver and sure enough 10 to 6 the final tonight a lot of heroes Jackie Bradley Jr. among them hit one nearly 500 feet that was impressive Brock Holt didn't hit one out tonight but he got on base four times and since he's got the better radio voice we're, we're bringing him on so Brock congratulations very nicely done tonight and Denver's exhausting isn't it I mean you you just can't relax at this place yeah I mean you gotta I mean we talked about it um you know before the game we got to keep we got to keep tacking on because no one's really ever out of it so um I mean showed it tonight we were up 10 to 2 and ended up being you know 10 6 so um it's a good place to hit you know so um you know good offensive game for us our pitchers did what they needed to do and uh, we're walking away with a win Brock, maybe the tone set for this day overall when Dustin Pedroia shows up at the hotel. You were smiling ear to ear with Petey around. What did it mean to see Dustin back in town, in with the team? Yeah, I've had this. I've had this one, uh, you know, on the calendar counting down. Um, you know, we, it's been a long time since we've seen him. So, uh, you know, whenever he got in uh, yesterday, I went up to his room and we uh, we reminisced on the good times. So. Uh, it's always good to have him um, have him around. Um, it's a little bit louder whenever he's around, but that's good. So uh, we've missed him, and, and it's good to see him. You've been repping the Dustin Pedroia wristbands this year. I know he has stayed near and dear to you and to the other guys, but what can you say just in terms of, of articulating what it means to have, even if he wasn't hilarious and great and cool and all of that, just to have a veteran guy around so that, veterans like you don't have to do so much heavy lifting all the time yeah i mean he's uh i mean he's been the heart and soul of the boston red sox for you know for forever so um you know regardless of uh you know of his of his big personality and and the type of players player he is um he's got a lot of respect for um everyone around the game not just not just us so um it's 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 always fun to have him around and uh you know we wish he could be around a little bit more but um he's trying to get that knee that knee well so hey Brock is it hard at this ballpark to not alter your approach and swing at the plate 
Um, you know what? I, <clears throat> I this is really the first game I've ever played here. I, I came with the team in thirteen, but I never got in. So um, it's a big it's a big park. Yeah, the ball travels, but there's a lot of room in the outfield. So um, if you you know stick with your approach, um, you know there's a lot of hits out there. So. Um, yeah, you see the ball flying, but um, it's also, uh, you know, it's also just a good place to hit because of, because of how big the outfield is. Last one for you, Brock, and you're going to hear this one a lot, and you've probably heard it already, this whole scoreboard watching concept, something you guys never had to do last year. I mean, not even for a minute. So do you find yourself kind of peeking and, and doing this little mathematical nonsense in your head, like if that, then this, or how difficult is it not to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, every, you know, every ballpark has the scoreboards out there so we can see the games and we know who's ahead of us. So, um, you know, we take take peaks and, um, you know, we can't really focus too much on that because we got to do our job. And, uh, you know, if we don't win, it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, we just got to keep trying to win as many games as possible and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully everything works out in, in the end. All right, get some rest. Thanks for your time, as always, buddy. Appreciate it. Great job tonight. All right, thanks, guys. All right, there is the Brock Star, as it is now eight of the last 11 in the win column for the Red Sox. And they gain a game on Tampa Bay. That's great, but they can't gain on the A's or the Indians. They both won on Tuesday as well. So they're two within five of Tampa Bay, and they've got four left head-to-head with Tampa Bay. I really think they're going to catch Tampa Bay. But can they catch Oakland? I mean, Oakland does have a, a tougher schedule coming up. Right now they're playing the Royals, and that doesn't help. But you, you got to catch Oakland or Cleveland, not just Tampa Bay, and that's the problem. Six games out of a playoff spot with 29 to go now. And Alex Cora, certainly happy about the result, talked to the media after the game. Fastball, he's off-speed pitches, and you know, keeping a, a very offensive team you know, in check. Alex, what did you see from this month? Yeah, everything starts with command, and um, I do feel his fastball has been a lot better lately. Um, you know, you see the swings, and you know it's, it's it's a little bit different than earlier in the season. Um, takes a lot of work, and um, between Dana and Banny and everybody that has to do with the pitching department, they they've been working hard at it, and and you know you can see the results. You guys see a lot of home runs through the course of the year, but kind of what's the reaction when you see that ball, Jackie? The way Jackie. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, good job by him attacking early in the count. You know, you got a pitch to hit that he can handle and put a good swing on it. And obviously, here the ball carries, but that was going to be no doubter anywhere. You know, it was pretty impressive. You surprised where it landed? Well, I, yeah, but I, I play here. I think it was 02. Um, Walker, Larry Walker against uh, Jesse Roscoe. He hit one. They used to have the section where they have the bars and all that stuff. They used to have a section up there with the blue line, and it was kind of like five rows short of the blue line. That was very impressive. Jack, pretty good power tear lately. You know, what, what have you seen from him? I mean, <clears throat> with him, we all know it starts with one swing, and he hits a home run the other way, and he started getting locked in. But uh, there's a few things he, you know, he needs to do better. He knows it, you know, uh, cut down the strike zone, you know, and keep controlling the strike zone. That's the most important thing. Um, um, and, uh, you know, when, when he makes contact, it's loud, and, and you know, he gives himself a chance. And, uh, you know, in San Diego today, he had a line right to short. It was right at him, but, you know, when – I don't know what his batting average of bowling plays is, but it has to be pretty good. Surprised to see Xander swing at the first pitch. I know he's not really the first pitch guy, but it's no, I mean, it's something I uh, I would love them to 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 do because uh, 
you see how they attack them, um, Mookie and, and Xander. You know, they get ahead and they go from there. But the thing is that these two guys are such good hitters that it doesn't matter if they're up 1-0 or down 0-2. You know, they they still trying to drive the ball. And uh, but you know, he he can take advantage of that. And Mookie can do the same thing. Uh, it's something that we can push the guys out of the strike zone. But, uh, you know, they're comfortable with the way they do it. You know, it's not that I'm, I'm saying just swing, 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 swing. It's just I do feel like they can take advantage in certain situations. All right, there is the manager. The Red Sox now 2-1 and one against the Rockies this year. They had lost 5-4 to four and 11 back at Fenway. That's the game where Sale struck out 17. They had won 6-5 in 10 innings at Fenway. That's when Chavis won it with a base hit up the middle. Boy, Chavis at this ballpark. Can you imagine? I mean, if JBJ hits one 478, well, what can Chavis do here? But he's still rehabbing, still coming along. Hope to see him soon. We're going to see Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound in the Wednesday night game. He had a 10-strikeout game against the Rockies back at Fenway, and he's going to come in at 15-5 and up against Peter Lambert. Not Peter Lambert. I, I thought that would be cool. Yvonne Lambert, was that the hockey player, the Montreal Canadian? Peter Lambert. I got him confused with Peter Lafleur of dodgeball fame. You know, he, he captained Average Joe's, as you might recall. But anyway, he's got a 6.4 ERA. He's only 2-4. and four. Eduardo coming in at 15-5. and five. That will be the, the Wednesday night game. And there will be some, some chaos at the hotel. The Red Sox, as they check out, not only are the Pittsburgh Pirates going to be checking in because they come here for a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, but the, uh, the Denver Broncos are going to be hosting the Arizona Cardinals Thursday night. So the Arizona Cardinals are strolling in. Kyle Murray and uh, Starling Marte, they will be together for some weird reason at the Red Sox team hotel just as the Red Sox are on their way out. And again, they will go play the Angels over the weekend. But first, the one more game here in Denver. All right, so in the land of the 420, this is Josh Lewin signing off. No, I'm not partaking, even though it's legal. I've, I've got podcasting to do. Although, wouldn't it be interesting if I'm not saying, like, Joe Castiglione should stop by one of these cannabis joints. <laughs> Although, the, the, the mind is boggled with that thought. I think next time the Yankees are here, you've you got to get John Sterling in there. So he can really be high and far. That home run call will be, oh, my God, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that as the music plays and we sign off. 10 to 6 for Head Sox. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.